Hello, NPR friends. New day, new episode. Yo, 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 whether you're wearing pants or not, welcome to No Pants Required. I'm your host, X3C, and thanks for joining. Let me ask you guys this question. Are you prepared for after death? Life after death? In this episode, I will discuss two specific areas that will help you do all you can while you are still among the land of the living. Today's quickie, I definitely want to talk about sleep. But according to a sleep psychologist, one popular myth about sleep is that everyone needs to have eight hours per night. Does this like apply equally for like a, a superstar athlete? such as LeBron James, or on the opposite side of that spectrum, a couch potato. So for pregnant women or nursing home residents, for example, how much sleep you need differs between people, depending on your individual genes, your lifestyle, maybe your environments that you live in, how much sleep we need also changes over time. And I can definitely attest to that. So as we get older, you know, we take different challenges in our lives, right? And things changes, our bodies changes. And so, you know, the level of sleep needed, it, it does differ. And it definitely may differ from week to week or even day to day. Holding a rigid eight hours per night expectation is really not well, it's really unrealistic um, and in some cases, unhelpful. So because you sleep doesn't necessarily meet your expectation, then you often become like even more frustrated or anxious about sleep, which makes it even harder to get good sleep. So it's compounding effect like over and over. Another common myth is that sleep hygiene is the answer to insomnia, right? Everyone has their 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 pet peeves and things that they do, right? A ritual, if you if you will. Sleep hygiene like practices uh, can be like good habits in general, right? It's it, it's hygiene, right? So you would one would think hygiene is good in theory, just a common practice. Um, but some of those good hygiene habits can prevent sleep in general and cause some problems for you to fall asleep. But it's, so think about like um, dental hygiene, right? It's a little too late <laughs> once there's already a cavity. <laughs> if you try to like really try to take care of it at that point, and that could same, the same could be said for like uh, sleep problems, right? So in fact, sometimes focusing too much on sleep um, could have the adverse effect, right? Trying to find that perfect sleep hygiene increases anxiety. Here we go, compounding again. 
other ways in which you can't fall asleep. Your mind is constantly thinking and turning and churning, which makes it, again, worse. So it's more helpful to have a flexible attitude about sleep rather than a hygiene, right? It's you put yourself in a happy place so that even if you are giving yourself a good chance to be successful, you know, because you're trying to stay positive there. And I think that is really a key to good sleep, right? I, you notice I'm not even talking about like bringing up your cell phones and all the different articles that they have out there. It's really just a mindset of thinking positively. And I kind of like that the fact this article that I found on Forbes.com really is talking about sleep in a, in a manner of your mindset as opposed to following or trying to find some alternatives to allow you to get better sleep, right? These rituals or these common practices that, that I talked about. So for reasons, um, like I said before, for other reasons to turn your brain off at night, um, again, visit the, the article that I put in today's episode description to really dive deeper into sleep. But in practice, it's really all about just being positive, thinking positively, closing your eyes, and allowing your body to go to sleep. And that's the quickie for today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and others. So you are in the afterlife are no longer living. Hmm. So how does the living take care of your estate or your bills or funeral costs or other non-monetary services? I'm going to discuss, again, two specific areas you will want to do while you are still among the land of the living. And those two areas are really simple, <laughs> pre-death and post-death. Again, there are like many other factors, but I wanted to bucket everything in these two fashions, particularly to help you guys out. And the way this topic came up, I was having a conversation with my mom several months ago, actually, about getting policies documents in order to be prepared for like secession once we're gone we're no longer among the land of the living and we talked about some of the pitfalls that she went through with her husband and how you know the things that she learned and i i really was just captivated on how some of the states have these laws and i understand it's to protect different parties but it could be a really treacherous road to travel while trying to navigate the loss of a loved one. That's that's really why I think it's important for me to give this information to you guys today. Because it's really about trying to make the easement of the transition period. And that's really all I'm all about. I love to pre-plan long-term long-term strategy and try to position myself where 
I'm not stressed at the moment when it's time for action. And so, again, two categories, pre and post death. Um, Literally, in my research here, I found that there are so many laws by state, and I'm not a lawyer, so please consult one. This is not the episode where it's like legal advice. I am definitely just going off of the things I've learned and seen. But I have witnessed very lengthy probate processes within um, a particular state. So it is especially difficult to navigate without a will or a trust. Even if you have like uh, beneficiaries identified, it still can be a lengthy process based on the laws of your state. In particular, your assets can go to the state and through a succession process, um, which my goal here is to help you guys avoid. <laughs> so as I mentioned, I want to offer two areas to navigate life after death. So here's the period. Another pre, I'm gonna give you guys five, five items here. Gather important documentations and contact information. That's step one. And I'm gonna tell you, this is probably gonna be the hardest part. <laughs> You're literally, you have to think of everything, even the simplest things. You have to consider it. Just gather all of the documentation, right? Uh, I'm not sure if you, you want to have it on an electronic version or if you want to literally print things out old school fashion or even further old school, write things down <laughs> like in a journal or a book or whatever the case is. So some of you, again, will make the copies. You will store them in folders. Some will do that electronically. And, and I honestly would recommend making it a digital process because with a digital process, you can encrypt uh, the password and make it or well, encrypt the information and then have a password protected. And the reason why I suggest that is because it will enable the easy transition based on different life situations. You know, if you are currently married and at some point in the future, you know, things change and you're no longer married, you can easily transition those things. If it's electronic based, you can easily update those documents if it's electronic based, as opposed to having it sorting through a folder and the filing system that can be really complicated and you can really forget um, to update some of the information. So I will highly recommend it be a digital process for you guys for gathering your documentations. And the documents you may need, just for example, it's like property deeds, your vehicle title, your birth certificates, um, marriage certificates. Um, it's any information, like honestly, information for your lawyer, um, information for businesses that you may own and any other assets you may own. Right. And I'll dive a little bit more into some of those examples in a minute. Secondly, you want to establish a living will. It's very important to establish a living will. And this is pretty much a legal document in which you pretty much list your preferences um, in any event that you become uh, incapacitated or otherwise unable to express your preferences yourself, right? 
it's documented down. Um, I think that sounds very simple, but you know, we have to embrace that we do perish, right? At some point we will leave the earth or, or in, in my terms, return back to the earth. <laughs> and so prepare ourselves now so that whomever is our executor of our estate can take care of that without the harm of not being able to execute your will, but also you want to take the stress away from that individual, right? Or whomever is left over, right? Your family, who's going to take care of your assets after, after life. Number three, establish a living trust. Now, a living trust can be a great way for you to make sure your wishes are followed after you die, right? So as well as possibly allowing for a faster distribution of your assets and uh, to your beneficiaries, avoiding like probate, I mentioned that earlier, court processes, and keeping your financial affairs private, right? Because once it goes to the state, it becomes public, and then you have to work through the state process. And that can be very costly as well. Not just a timely process, but also costly because there are fees and process fees depending on the state to obtain certain information. It's a hassle. So number three, it's very critical, I think, is establishing a living trust. Um, so with, also with a living trust, um, as the grantor, you, the person who designed the, the, the trust, um, you retain control over it because obviously it's a living trust. So you retain control over the properties placed in the trust throughout your lifetime. Upon your death, your chosen successor or trustee gains control of the trust. And then that person or persons, depending on how it's structured, would then distribute your assets according to your instructions. Really simple. You've taken care of everything ahead of time. Please don't be that person who just leaves it up to the whelm of your family members who are maybe grieving at that point or, you know, trying to adjust with life without you. And now they have to go through all these other legal processes and financial burden, right? You kind of want to take care of that for them. So they can just sit back and remember who you are, right? And I have to worry about the stress of preparing to take care of your assets after you bounced out of here. And so one additional piece that I like about a living trust is it bypasses the pro probate process from, from within the state, which can, again, save you time and money. That is really critical. So if I didn't, you didn't get anything else from what I just said, a living trust allows you to save time and money. Bam, there you go. That's all you need to know. Get one established tomorrow. Or today. Um, number four on my list will be update all of your beneficiaries. This can be a hassle, especially if you are, you know, your life situations change, your relationship statuses change, and depending on, you know, who you want to leave money to or your assets to, you know, you want to think these things through. So, like, if you have life insurance or retirement account, pension plans, even those pay on death type of accounts, transfers, accounts to whomever, you know, make sure that your beneficiaries are up to date 
as these account transfers according to your beneficiary designations. Um, so like your last will does not control them, right? And that's very important. Anytime your family situation changes, it I think is a good idea to review your beneficiaries. And if you don't, it could be, again, another hassle that will hopefully save you and your living family, relatives, time and money. And number five on the list, I think is pretty easy here. Talk with everyone. <laughs> I can't stress this enough. Um, I think it's important that people understand what you want. You can probably poll almost anyone who truly knows me and they will probably tell you exactly how I want my remembrance ceremony to go, whether I want to be cremated or not, um, where I want to be my ashes planted, <laughs> where, you know, where I want to leave money, who I want to leave money to. Like, it's literally all been well thought out. I haven't even thought it out as far as the actual itinerary for my own remembrance ceremony. That may sound really cocky, a little arrogant to some, but to to be honest, I want people to just have a good time and not have the stress over worrying about it. I may even, hmm, I may even procure my own remembrance ceremony video presentation. <laughs> I've actually thought about this where I would just take a bunch of clips and save into one folder. And so for my living trust, who's ever the executor of the trust would just be able to understand this is the password going to this folder and I'll obviously get someone to edit and do whatever but um, you at least have the content that's there and that's really all I really care about right how they put it together is, is it, I don't really care but I, I'm most concerned about making sure we capture some of these moments that I even maybe want to share with my friends who are now living without me um, so I think it's very important, number five, again, to talk with everyone. You can include like your plan of your final arrangements and your estate planning. They understand what you like, your wishes are, right? It's very clear. Everyone is very transparent with the information. I really believe in being transparent information as opposed to holding everything in. I'm not that guy. Um, like your final arrangements can also include like if you want to be an organ donor, um, as I mentioned earlier, your funeral plans, again, I think about that kind of things, even what I want people to wear. <laughs> I've thought about that as well, including how um, they are paid for, right? Have not thought about that one as much, but that's a really good piece to just to understand. So these are the pre. Now let's switch this over to now you're gone. You lived a great life and it's now time for you and you have transitioned on to return back to the earth back to the universe what happens now well for that person or persons who are now among the land of the living without you they now have to obtain legal documentation of death which would be very important for a lot of reasons like accessing your bank accounts other financial accounts starting the probate process again that's if necessary we, we we talked about how to avoid that though early on filing a claim on life insurance 
tended to tending to other like personal affairs. You want like several copies of like your death certificate. So a lot of things to like process there, but this information is to help you guys to think about that now and to start preparing for it. Um, which will be good um, for like the funeral home, the medical examiner. Um, again, obtaining that death certificate uh, should happen really relatively fast uh, after the person passed away. And, and usually this can happen within a matter of days when it, it really should, because you really need to get the process going. So that's number one under the post death. And here I'm gonna give you guys seven items. Number two is notify necessary parties. Now, if you have this a trust and things like that set up, then it makes this process a little bit easier. But there are things that you need to take care of that doesn't even reach its, you know, to the trust, right? You you haven't thought these things out as as, as much because they just pop up, right? There's a bunch of different things you have to be considerate of. And so, of course, you want to notify the appropriate people of your, of, of not you, but the, the living will notify the appropriate people of your passing, which can be difficult. You know, this, this is a very difficult situation to have, have, um, to put someone through, but it is part of our life. It's part of living, but you try to, to do as much as we can again, while we are alive. So to ease that, that situation. So in this case, with the age of like social media, uh, news spread obviously almost instantaneously, right? And you don't want like close family members or friends learning of your passing from like on Facebook, right? And so you definitely want to entrust this critical responsibility with someone you really, you know, is going to be really discreet um, in putting that information, notifications out to different people. So that's number two. Number three, make arrangements for the body again according to the wishes of 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 yourself uh, that person who's executing this would obviously follow hopefully your wishes and make those arrangements accordingly number four this is this is really <laughs> many people may not think about it but there's literally mundane household tasks right like take out the trash right clean out the refrigerator it's you may think i don't why am i thinking about that but you know there's a, a very a variety of reasons of why you want to consider going in and cleaning out the post-death of your loved one their home right checking their mail and other deliveries right and then ensuring that those things are eventually forwarded to the right location if if applicable um and then obviously number five make funeral plans you know that's writing obituary the the death announcement coordinating other funeral arrangements whatever those may be based off of the pre-death requirements that is in the living will or now the will in the trust settle the estate and that brings me to number whatever was number six instead of the state here brings me to number seven which is if someone dies without a will or a trust oof. so here when you do have a will and a trust as i mentioned earlier the executor is activated 
or the trustees, and then the process is followed. However, you deemed, you know, the things you you, you found you wanted to um, make as most important to you, right? And to make your transition for your loved ones who are still alive much easier. So if there's just a will and no trust, the estate will go through probate, which is simply like the process of a court validating a will and then distributing the assets, right? But if someone passes away without a will or a trust, um, it's sad to say, though, that um, you have the process will be based on different states because different states and different providences have different laws. So I, it, it, it can vary. There's no one way or approach here. But in general, um, the courts will decide the fate of all the assets. Um, so again, remember I mentioned earlier about the the pre-death number um, number number four which is update all beneficiaries even if you have those beneficiaries updated that's only applicable for some items you still have to go through the state process in some states so to avoid all of that establishing a living will and a living trust is critical think outside of the other things i covered you know this is pretty much the best way to handle life after death by preparing yourself for death while you're living. Okay, friends, good chat. The next week, remember, positive vibe leads to positive energy. Actually, What do you guys think about those tips I gave you guys today? Have you thought about pre-death and post-death? What will you do ahead of time? And what type of burden you want to leave or not leave on your loved ones? If you guys have not considered those things, I highly recommend you consider these steps that I offered you guys today to really get your ish in order <laughs> so that you won't have that death oh shit moment or your family members won't have that oh shit moment when it's time to take care of your estate once you return back to the universe. Okay, friends, good chat. Until next week, remember, positive energy leads to positive vibes. Don't forget to subscribe if this is your first time joining. No Pants Required can be found on Google Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Peace. Mm-hmm.